welcome back to the Hopeful Brain podcast, episode eight. And on this podcast, we talk about ways to have hope that lead from intention and action. And today's guest that I'm bringing in today comes with a background in speech pathology and in business coaching and personal coaching and in doing event planning and just an incredible person who I have learned a lot from over the last year and a half or so. And what's amazing about Janet Ray is that she brings this wide experience of understanding speech and children and people and life. And she's applied it all with some health challenges that she's gone through. And she's going to share some of that with us today. And my favorite thing that I've learned from Janet Ray is that when, when my son went through certain kinds of disabilities and he couldn't talk and tell me, Janet Ray was able to express it to me. So if you're coming to this podcast with a child who is maybe not communicating very much, you might learn a ton from Janet Ray to actually understand what it's like to be in a different position than where you might be as a caregiver. And so if, you, if you're the kind of person that wants to wallow in misery, this is not the podcast for you. So turn it off. <laughs> but if you're someone who's looking for new ways of thinking and being, you're in the right place. And you are going to find amazing ideas and solutions uh, in this podcast. So Janet Ray, welcome to the Hopeful Brain Podcast. Thank you so much, Alicia. It's so I'm so happy to be here, and I'm I just uh, I love talking to you. I love uh, that you asked me to do this, and you know, as I was listening to you rattling off, you know, the different things I've done, I thought, yeah, but that has nothing to do with really where my greatest accomplishments are, and um, that's really what you and I are here to talk about: mm. is how do we experience ourselves. Um, strong, successful, maybe, I don't think successful, strong and um, in circumstances that come up in our life where um, we feel anything but strong, anything, you know, but this should not be happening to me. So I am eager to have these conversations with you and uh, hopefully for those of you listening to give somebody out there a little nugget of something that will really move you forward in your day, in your week, in your year. So I'm ready. Well, so let's talk a little bit about what happened. So you lost the ability yeah. to walk. Can you tell us like, how did that happen? What was that like? What, what were your thoughts <laughs> during that time? Yeah, so at um, in 2014, I mean, I you know, just a little background. Yes, I did all those things. I was a speech pathologist. I was a, a personal and business coach. I was a uh, event planner, and and I've always been very active. A runner, you know, just exercise was a big deal to me. And and um, and in 2014, there was a series of um, what are called um, kind of uh, um, overuse injuries, is the the term. And it's just, you know, you talk about the brain, how the brain lays pathways and, you know, well, the body lays pathways. And so the way you sit is different the way than I sit. And, the, you know, everybody develops a certain gait in their walking and this. And 
then especially for athletes, when you, you get an injury, the body actually starts compensating and forms a different pathway. And um, I uh, it was deemed the queen of compensation, mm. <laughs> you could say. And um, I had uh, a pain in the back of my left leg uh, in 2014 that just would not go away. And it got so bad I could hardly walk. And then two weeks later, the same thing happened in the right leg. So then I had both legs so painful I couldn't walk. Um, took action um, and you know went to physical therapy, did the, did the things, uh, looking for answers, which is gonna be part of a little nugget I'm gonna give out in a little bit. And um, eventually uh, you know, got some inserts for my shoes and then both feet, the same thing happened. So now I had legs and feet that were about a six to eight in pain with every step. The hardest part was emotionally around it. It hurt. I mean, I had pain, but I didn't handle it well emotionally. And I'm sure that the listeners can relate to, you know, something happens in life and I just, I just retracted. I just went into a tunnel. I just pulled myself away from people. I, uh, it was not pretty for about a good year, year and a half. And, um, you know, all the things doesn't feel fair. Um, this can't be happening to me. Nobody understands all those things. And, um, you know, I'm out of here. I want to give up this, you know, this is too hard. This mm -hmm. is not what life should be about. And I had to really dig deep. I had to really dig deep and find, uh, some way to keep going when it didn't feel like there was any way. And, um, you know, the, one of the things that kept me going was my son. He, at the time, was um, 15. He was finishing up his junior year in high school. And, you know, I'm sure some of your listeners, you know, sometimes things get so big, you just think you can't keep going. But it's just amazing how your kids, you, you something in, the, in you that says, I, I can't be the parent that gives up because I don't want to give that to my Um, you know, it was because of my son that I kept going because it was really, really, really hard, but I didn't want him to know his mother as somebody who gave up. So eventually over time I learned, I found, you know, like you, you know, you look, you look, you keep looking for things. And I found, um, new things that I could do that no doctors knew about that no physical therapist knew about. And it was step by step, you know, I celebrated when I could stand up and brush my feet, my teeth for the first time, you know, I mean, I mean, it sounds crazy, but no, I totally it, get it. Right. I mean, and, and the, one of the things that began to really pull me through was this thing that was like, wow, this is really going to contribute to other people. Like this cannot just be about me. I mean, it is a little bit, it's pulling forth a strength in me I didn't know I had, but a bigger context for me that helped me was like, wait, this is going to contribute to other people. So Alicia, I, it, you know, it's been, that was 2014, it's 2021, it's been seven years and, you know, I've learned a lot, I've grown a lot, you know, I'm not walking miles of time. In fact, this past month, as you know, it, you know, it, it's kind of returned a little bit. 
but emotionally I'm different hmm. about it. Well, there's a couple questions before you go any further that, that I have was looking at when you talked about the queen of compensation. Um, I noticed that in, you know, with, with having a child go through massive difficulty and my compensation was I swept things under the rug in relationships, in energy, just sweep it under the rug, compensate, compensate, compensate. And then I felt like after my son got ill, there was no rug. There was, there was nowhere to hide the, the leftover stuff. So is that, is that what it felt like when you could no longer compensate? Like people talk about the, you know, the rug being pulled out from under you, you know, yeah, where you can't hide anything. No, that's so well said. That ana- that analogy is so good because that is what happens in the bot. That happens both ways. Hmm. You can't hide anything, and that was, as you say that now, a little bit of freedom for me once this all happened because I couldn't. You know, I couldn't pretend everything was good anymore. I couldn't pretend, well, if I just look good, then everybody's going to think my life is good or whatever. You know, like there was just this, I got to be real and raw because I didn't really have the energy to be anything else by that point because it was just exhausting, really. So there was a freedom in that, you know, so that's, it's very well said. And they probably keep happening with your children, you know, that like, like it becomes almost a fork in the road. It's like, okay, I can't keep being a compensator, right? Especially now that I have this child that I have to deal with because that's not going to benefit them anymore. I, I even started doing like the plank, you know, like every morning to be mm-hmm. physically stronger and telling the truth to like my husband and doctors, like, and to yep. learn how to tell the truth with love. And I think that's in one of the prior episodes about how to do that. But there is so much involved with what you're talking about. Like, cause I, I, I know I've lived at a different level, um, you know, because I, mm-hmm. it was my child that went through it. And what I've, one of the things that I've heard of you talk about before is you mentioned your son was the way that he was with you during this time, you know, his mom is like stuck at home, going through things emotionally. What, what was it about your son and the way he was with you that either made things better or worse? May every one of you listening on this call have the gift of somebody like this in your life. It is the gift of having somebody who sees the best in you always. And he was able to do that. I mean, he did it not by efforting, not by trying, just by who he was. Here's his mom in his senior year. I'm walking around my house in a walker. It's all, you know, that's, that's it. I go to his graduation in a walker and he has his friends over. He's always got people at the house. He's, when I'm with him, my walker disappears. I felt like me always when I was with him. I, he never treated me different. He was there, 
you know, he would take me on appointments. We flipped, <laughs> we flipped roles for a while because I he drove me, you know, I used to drive him and now he was driving me. But he, I never felt there's something wrong with me around him. He never indulged that, oh, mom, I'm so sorry for you. He never, ever said that. All he saw was, was, was mom, was Janet, my true essence, my true being. That's a gift. Yeah, you told me about this uh, like a year ago or maybe a little more than a year. Mm -hmm. And it deeply affected uh, the way that I look at my son. Um, to have someone verbalize that because my child, you know, he was already speech delayed at that time and used to not talk at all. But to hear you say what it feels like to be treated with the kind of dignity that your son gave, Mm. it was like, it was freeing. Um, And I, and I remember the day even that I, I noticed my face, the way I was looking at my son, like, with an apology in my forehead. And, and I I remember I stopped, I stopped that day and I stopped apologizing with my face to my son. And it's, it's been wonderful. It's been so freeing to, to just be like your son, Kalen, because he is such an inspiration for just how to be. Mm. I, I just appreciate what you two went through and what I learned from it. So amazing. Story. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Cause it is important. It's a, it's a, it's, it's very important. And it's important if you, if, as a, a skill set to know that if you have friends who are dealing with something, you know, when you go, Oh, I'm so sorry. You're dealing with this. This must be so hard as well. Meaning as those words are that person, it, it magnifies that feeling of, I'm broken. There's something wrong with me right now. And I don't, I don't really have advice on what to respond with, but that place within us that can see somebody um, in their strong, like who they really are Mm. and speak to them from that place. I know the difference when people talk to me from that place. And, and it's, it's something, you know, you can learn and you learn it with your, with your, you know, with it, when you can learn to look at your child that way, you can finally begin to look at your own self that way. And then it becomes, you know, the whole family dynamic changes. And facial expressions, they just communicate so much, especially when you have a child with limited vocabulary, (laughs) the way your face is. Yes. I think you've told me a story about being in a wheelchair in an airport and the way that people would look <laughs> at you. And people, I think you've seen those faces and the way people look at you when you're in a wheelchair and oh. exp- help us understand, yes. especially for those of us with children that can't say, or, or maybe, you know, a parent that has lost memory and people are looking at them in that way. Help us understand what it feels like to be yeah looked at um with that i'm so sorry and um that pity energy oh yeah Oof. well that was that was one of the biggest lessons because i uh i had to when i when i would travel mainly when i would leave my house 
I needed a wheelchair for a while. And then to, to actually travel, it was about three years if I went to an airport in a wheelchair. And um, it was one of my big, biggest hurdles was because for a long time, as soon as I'd sit in it, it's like I would become that helpless invalid. I didn't necessarily always feel that way at times, but just sitting in that wheelchair and actually people don't look at you. you they don't make eye contact with you. They look away. And so um, you, it, it feels very isolating and alone and disconnected. And that is the feeling that perpetuates there's something wrong with me. And so over time, as I started gaining a little bit of getting a little bit better and really playing with these different patternings, both in my brain and in my body, right? These compensation patterns. One of them was to learn to smile <laughs> and practice smiling. And I would practice smiling in the wheelchair in the airport. And at first it felt like the stupidest thing to do. I would sit there and smile and I'm like, well, people are gonna think I'm faking. Like I shouldn't be in a wheelchair and smiling. Like really, that was the thought. It's like, well, people are gonna think I'm a fake, you know? And I'm like, Janet, first of all, why are you concerned with that? And then though, something really cool started happening. People did start making eye contact with me when I would smile. And I would start smiling at them. And no longer was I so concerned about what people were thinking, but I knew I was gifting them. I was giving them the gift of my smile, the gift of this energy, this gift of, wow, she's in a wheelchair and smiling. What, well, how come I'm not smiling? And what, you know, like, or they, or wow, you know, like your gift is, a, your, your smile is a gift. It's a gift to the other it does feel vulnerable. And I had to get over that after for a while. It took a little while because it feels weird. Nobody walks around smiling these days. <laughs> but um, it was a game changer for me. So it sounds like you found a way to be happy no matter the challenge. Mm. So now you've been- th you're You know, that's an interesting comment. You, you, you glitched just a little bit. Okay. There. Sorry. Go um, ahead. What, why was that an interesting comment? I've learned. I don't have to be happy to smile. Oh, Janet Ray, tell me more. <laughs> so I would smile. <laughs> sorry. I just, I just learned that I could smile and it, it didn't matter if I was happy or not. And that actually, if I would just sit and smile, and you know where I first monitored it? I, when I woke up in the morning, I'd wake up and I'd notice my, I was just like, I was scrunched up, you know, I was like concerned, I, you know, I was like, okay, just see if you can smile. And it feels like my face is going to break. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I can't smile right now. I'm not happy right now. I got things I'm worried about. But I finally would just go and just hold it, just hold it and just see if I could smile and hold it for 30 seconds and oh then like gosh. for a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is intense. That's like saying like running a marathon, you know, it, it almost feels like that to smile for a whole minute when you don't feel it. Like, wow. Right. Wow. Well, I had to, 
you know, with the pain in my body, I, I just had to learn to do that. I had to learn to breathe mm-hmm. into my most painful places. You know, you don't want to breathe into any place that's painful. It's the weirdest thing. It's kind of the same way. You know, so when you're upset or you're worried, you got a big day, but when you just sit there and smile. So I don't, I don't, I'm not happy. And then I smile. Mm-hmm. I smile and then I'm happy. Or at least neutral. Yeah. Wow. Neutral's better than anything. I start with neutral. So imagine the situation that you're, you know, like in a hospital room with a child. They just had like brain surgery mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. person wants to try out this kind of smiling yeah. and, and, and thinking. And, and of course you're going through a relapse and what thoughts help mm. you um, mm. that might help someone, you know, in the hospital with their child as well. And is there something that, mm. that you do that helps you get through both the pain because it's so emotionally painful to be there with your child, but obviously you're, you were in pain, like, you know, a lot for years. So mm-hmm. what's different now about how you're going through this? What, what, what's working? If there, you were so. asking. There Sorry, did. Yeah. I think so I froze. Please what's continue. What's different now? Yeah. yeah. What's different now than um, back then when, it was, when I wasn't smiling? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I want to say, for those of you listening, don't practice this first time when your child's in the hospital. I mean, you can, but practice it right now. Practice it while you're doing dishes. Practice mm. it in these most, most mundane. Practice it when you're washing your face in the morning. You know, practice it in very mundane activities. It's literally, I mean, you're the brain gal, so you know, but it is a, it, it's, a, it's a pathway you, you begin to build. You know, it's a, for those of us who haven't smiled in a while, it's not even a pathway that the body's used to. Yeah. But so you got to, you literally have to practice it. Oh. You know, where I practice it the most is on these Zoom calls. Now that I've been getting on Zoom calls so much, it, I, <laughs> I practice smiling on Zoom calls. I, I know it sounds crazy, but um, so there's that. So I don't recommend that for people. Don't do it in the hardest situation first. Mm. Practice it in, practice it 30 seconds before you get out of bed in the morning. Nobody's even going to see you then, so it's safe. Um, but then the other thing that I have been able to access, or I don't know what you call it, but the perspective, and it, again, it took a while, uh, um, after this, about a year and a half, two years into the, you know, being not walking and being in a lot of pain is, um, I was able to finally feel within me once again, that life loves me. Yeah. And I hadn't felt that way in a long, long time. It's hard to feel that way when it feels like you're getting battered by life. And I couldn't access that for a good year and a half, two years. Um, but 
when I finally could access, like I could feel it, I could, I could say it, I, I could feel it within, and I could begin to see evidence for it. I could begin to see, oh, this is like, like, like things are changing for me. Just like you said earlier, it's like, oh, I had to finally be real for the first time in my life. Well, that's life loves me because who it's loving is me, the real me. Not the one who compensates and tries to make everything look good and, and, and acts like nothing's going on or throwing, sweeping things in the rug, you said. You know, like, oh, wait, life does love me right now. Oh, wait, I just got a call out of the blue for somebody who has suggestions for something that actually really matters to me. Oh, somebody just sent me a meditation. That's helpful for me. And it was, I began to feel where life loves me. And that that was new that that's new and when i feel that way and sometimes at night before i fall asleep at night when it has not been a good day i lay there and i go okay find 10 things 10 places today where life loved me mm. and i have to look at those little bitty things it can be as beautiful as my the spring weather here is gorgeous and when the weather's gorgeous it feels good for me. It's like a gift for me. So that's a way that life loves me. You know, I saw a red cardinal today. That's a way that life loves me. My son called me out of the blue today. That's a way that life loves me. And sometimes I can't say anything about my body because it doesn't feel like it anywhere in that moment, but that's okay. Because the, because I can go ahead. You got a question. Oh, I just love it. You know what? My son used to have like really poor fine motor skills, mm -hmm. like, you know, not able to control even a finger mm -hmm. um, and just understanding how you approach life so joyfully. I want to give that to him. I want to model that mm. kind of joy. Um, I mean, he's doing much better now, but mm. he still needs that example to continue to grow. He has a lot of challenges to overcome and a, that kind of, beauty finding ability that you have is something that I want to give him. So I just, I love the way you do that. Life loves me and find 10 ways that life loves me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, and also, so your listeners know, you know, this was in 2014. I didn't really start the life loves me thing till about 2016 and it was intermittent. So listeners be patient with yourselves please do not expect perfection. Any little bit of growth every day makes the difference. Yeah. And the last piece I got, and I just got it today because I think maybe I knew I was going to be on this podcast is I finally realized that I needed to stop looking for answers and start looking for solutions. Whoa. And I... I for so like right now, even with my body, I still want answers. Why is this happening? What am I, what, you know, what is, why is that tibia still like, you know, I want answers and answers to me have a period after the end of them and solutions open doors oh, wow. for more. Wow. So be careful because looking for answers can be a big trick your journey is unique 
and your solutions are unique. Nobody can give you the answers. Your journey are the solutions that are a perfect match to bring out your strengths, your gifts, what's unique to you. So that you begin to see that life loves you more and more and more. I love that because so much, <laughs> yeah, so much can be so scary about having hope because you want answers. Mm. But um, when you're looking for solutions and intentions, the actions right. are so much less scary. It feels uh, the other way can feel like a gamble, you know, and that's that can feel very risky, obviously. Uh, so I love that. Go for solutions. Isn't Not that great? Answers. Yeah. Yeah, because the answers are almost like, and when you can't find answers, it for me, then it just keeps piling up evidence for there's something wrong with me. Nobody understands. There's never going to be answers for me. Like that, all that, that just overwhelms us. And it, it, I mean, you know, you got to know doctors, you went to doctors for answers. They, they couldn't give you any. And they even told you that I had plenty of doctors who looked at me and said, sorry, you know, once you're in a walker, you're in a walker. I got nothing for you. Yeah. Or one time I remember going to the geneticist again and I was like, they're never going to, they're never going to find it. You know, we did one big new yeah. test. So they're not going to, yeah. well, they did find something, Yeah. you know, and it gave us a clue, but they had no, there was nothing that they told us that we could do. Although we had a bit of an answer, there was no solution connected to no it. Solutions. We had to go look for, Isn't even, that great? I just yeah. got that today. I love that. I yeah. love that. That is and so that's part free. of your journey. That's, that's very freeing because then that's those solutions come through you because that's your journey. And then whoever's else listening on the call, you know, that's your journey, whether you're dealing with a child that's in the hospital, whatever you're dealing with, it's your journey. Yeah. And it, and it does eventually bring out the uniquely you that's always in there. And to me, that's when you begin to feel life loves me more and more because it's loving you, the unique part of you, not the part that fits into some textbook and has answers. Right. Oh, yeah. so there's at least one more thing I wanted to ask you about sure. today. And that is when, when you go through some illness or problem like you and I have been through, the relationship strain, especially on a marriage can be can be catastrophic i mean <laughs> there's a there's a, a lot of marital problems in in the the groups that i'm in online um from the stress and strain of that so i wanted to pick your brain about what helps what what can help marriages um handle the new stressor of whatever the illness or what, whatever it comes in. Do you have any? Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Um, what helps? Well, we like to go deep, uh, Janet Ray. No, I know. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a good one. Cause I was, you know, back when it was happening, it, it, the, well, the one piece is there is, a, there's this place of it, there's no more of a time to be more real with each other. Yeah. You know, that, that, you know, the, 
the dance that couples learn to do where, oh, I can't say that because then he's going to say that and then she's going to say that, you know, that, that kind of stuff, it takes a lot of energy to do that dance. So there is a piece of being, being real. Um, personally, on my own personal journey, I had to learn, um, I had to learn to be kinder and nicer. I, um, I wasn't a very good person um when i was in pain Who and is? yeah <laughs> but i started learning to be nicer and kinder and appreciative oh. and and when i would send my husband to the grocery store to get me whatever i wanted him to get me and he came home with something else because he couldn't find what i wanted man i had to learn to go to appreciate, thank you for going for me. Thank you so much. I appreciate so much that you went for me. And then I had to learn how to communicate in a different way that didn't involve being annoyed, angry, upset, coming from a place of appreciation. Again, that takes a while. Now we're seven years through this thing and one of the things, and we've been married 25 years, and one of the things we're developing now, because we're always working on our relationship, because to us, you either expand or you die, <laughs> is we don't want our marriage to die, is we adopted a, a phrase called Team Ray Winning. Mm. So we took out the whole idea of partnership. It works for a lot of people. If it works for you, great. I couldn't stay in the term of partnership because it always implied 50-50. Are you doing your part? Am I doing more than my part? There's just a lot of baggage for me around that. So, but Team Ray winning, and I'm a big sports person, so and we loved basketball. So Team Ray winning, my husband's a big guy and I'm not a, a big person, um, allowed us both to feel like, we're on the same team together. We're gonna to bring out the best in each other. He'll be the center and I'll be the point guard. Each is equally important on the team. No one player is more important than the other and we have to bring out each other's strengths to win because all we're interested in is winning. And I don't mean like winning over other people but winning in our lives, winning and having a successful, happy marriage, winning and experiencing financial success, winning and experiencing the best health of our life in the six, in our sixties through our eighties. Well, you know, winning and having a loving, fabulous relationship with our son, who's now 23, right? So how do we do that as team Ray winning? Well, it can't be Janet telling Tom what to do. And it can't be Tom, you know, dominating on, you know, because he's smarter than me around finances. That that doesn't work anymore. So we had to adapt a new game plan, a new blueprint. I don't know if you ever listened to a, an interview by LeBron James, but when he uh, won, I don't know, one of the championships, they were down zero to three or three to one or something like that. And the only way he could beat the Warriors, and he says it in an interview, is I had to design a new blueprint in the middle of the championship series or he was going to lose. And he did. They won four games in a row. Boom, 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 boom. 
because he designed a new blueprint. He couldn't play basketball the way he'd always played. So, you know, if team Ray, whatever, if team, you know, whatever winning and, and you're then go, I'm a good point guard. I'm the best point guard in the league. You know, that, I don't know. It it gave me a lot, you know, it's so fun. You know? Yeah. I love it because the, I I love what you're saying because I think think of it as like the margins, you know, there's just no room left for what other, and it's like, you have to play on a smaller court even to win, you know, like a new blueprint within that. I just love that. So thank you. That was, that was fabulous. Yeah. Well, um, check my notes here. This has been so helpful, so powerful. I think, I think especially, I totally understand what you were talking about with, with how things have to change in your marriage and how you have to learn how to say thank you, but I would be happier if you had got this and learn how to actually communicate. And it's, it's an amazing thing, how, how it can improve your relationships and how important relationships are when you have a health struggle and you're just, what do I got to do to make these relationships work long-term, right? Like the short-term sweeping things under the rug don't work anymore. I love it. Um, Well, and I'm going to put it towards your listeners too, because that having that relationship, stronger relationship in your families um, affects the environment, your, your child needs you know, so, so if you're having an environment in your, with your spouse, that is this flow and this ebb and this, you know, this, this, this place of more appreciation and this experience of team, even though your child may be non-vocal, right? Non-verbal, what they're very heightened in is the experience of awareness beyond language and that relationship is what they sense is what they feel that is their awareness system right then and so this isn't a place for mommy guilt and oh my god we're you know but it's it is a place that it's like wow this 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 matters this matters and you've just you you're discovering that so much you're doing just an amazing job of that well, that's why I love learning from you. Um, you know, we all recycle whatever thoughts we have over and over, like 2000 thoughts is all most people recycle, but you right. can handle like, right. I don't know, like 7 million thoughts, you know, you have the capacity. So you give me new thoughts mm. and mm. they create different facial expressions, you know, and that's so important to my children. And, and so I am going to incorporate life loves me into my life and into the little things that I do, you know, that three of my children end up having this genetic issue that can cause seizures. So I want to be prepared that if anything ever does happen, I want to be that loving person that can call them, whether we're in a hospital or we're learning at the table or wherever I am, 
your your thoughts and the way that you help me think better create mm. a better environment for them through through what it does inside of me. So thank you for sharing that with me, um, with all of us. Life loves me. Yeah. That just yes. feels so good Life to even me. think. It's It does. You say it enough. And then I'm a big mirror work person, which I know mm. most people don't. But look in the mirror and say it. Life loves me. Life loves me. Life loves me. And say it until the person in the mirror gets it. It's a, it's a powerful exercise. Well, I love that because helping my child speak more, I want him to feel mm. like safe to speak and to yeah. have, to be a person who thinks life loves me, you know, that just, I think enhances the mediated learning uh, model of, of learning. So I love it. Now, Janet Ray, where can people I would say, go ahead. Yeah. No, I would say one more thing, because I remember about being a speech pathologist, one of the reasons the kids loved to come to me was because of my joy. And uh, it wasn't, I was a, I was a, I was a good speech pathologist, but, but I had a nonverbal come to me at uh, two years old. And within a year he was chatty Cathy and the mother was like, Oh my God, what did you do? <laughs> you know, yeah. but I played and I delighted with that child. Yep. Yeah. That is something so important. And that everything that came out of their mouths, everything they saw, I got delighted with them, you know? So please moms, any ideas like, oh, they're still so far behind. Yeah, but now they're only at six months and they're supposed to be at three years or two years. Any yeah, but is a big red flag that it's replacing joy and life loves me. Put the yeah, but down. Oh. I would be happy wow. to put that down. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to more, even more fully take yeah. life loves me into yeah. playing with my child and yeah. into yeah. just every relationship. I just, I'm so excited now. Yeah. Where can okay. people keep learning from you and keep getting to know you? Do you have a website where they could, you know, learn from you or <laughs> watch well, I, I'm not official, you know, I mean, I got a lot of stuff out there, but I, I, uh, I'm, um, you know, the, you can go to, I'm on Facebook. I, I post a few things. It's just facebook.com uh, slash Janet dot Ray, R-A-E. Um, <clears throat> and you can follow me on that. I tend to only post extremely joyful, positive, colorful things. I'm in, very intent about that. Um, for about, for, I did a, a few interviews like this myself on a website called creative pioneers, plural creativepioneers.net, And you can go through and Alicia was one, she was one of my first people that I interviewed and it's about, uh, bringing out our creative gifts. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a gift of writing that I do. It's kind of a form of intuitive writing. And it's called Wisdom Writings. And you can uh, go, on, uh, it's wisdomwritingsandmore.com. And you can, you can read those and be inspired by those. And if any of you would like to connect with me directly, you're free to email me at J-A-R-A-E, the word desire, D-E-S-I-R-E at gmail.com. That's J-R-A-E, desire at gmail.com. 
And we'll link all this below because you have some wonderful things yeah. for them to read and experience and new thoughts, yeah. new thoughts to circulate. New and thoughts. <laughs> ah, what you do is powerful. Now we're coming up on the end there here, but is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you would like to share with our listeners? Something that's been on your heart or mind? Mm, that's really good. No, I, I, I just want the listeners to know that Alicia and I um, would never have met in a quote unquote normal world. And um, we got <clears throat> connected by a friend at probably what, over a year ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And we've never met in person. Alicia and I have never met in person. <laughs> we've only met over phone calls and Zooms. And, um, but after our first conversation, I felt like I had met a soul sister. We, she loves science. I love science. We love this expansion, this inquiry. Uh, there was just something that blended with us that was very engaging and enlivening. And um, we both have a very strong desire to contribute in any way that we can. So uh, if after listening to this, you have questions, you're like, God, I wish you guys would talk more about that. I realized I probably covered at least five or six things that could have been covered in one podcast. Um, <laughs> we are happy to listen to you and to see what is it that, that you're that you're wanting, ideas that come to you, um, because it is our deepest desire to to serve. I do believe that we all go through things that are then designed to contribute to the other, and um, we are happy to be a contribution to all of you in any way we can. So true. And um, we have a free gift for everyone. I will link to it where you can get a free checklist idea of things to think, to be and to do, to be a happy person, to smile more. And um, you can add in some of these things that Janet Ray is so wise and has learned through experience what thoughts really trigger deeper cellular smiling like life loves me what an incredible gift to give to our children and our family members to model that life loves me so janet ray i have to thank you for all that you have taught me uh, in our phone calls and on this podcast to share with people you are such a gift and you have you've just taught me so much about how to live and think and relate to the world and it's been a gift to get to know you and understand Mm. your point of view so thank you Mm. thank you i love you so much thank you for thank you for doing this thank you for getting out of your comfort zone and making a difference girl all right and we'll link to all the links below where you can get that worksheet and where you can find janet ray and you can uh, go to bit.ly slash 1000 extra smiles to get that worksheet. And we look forward to seeing you guys on the next podcast. Please rate and subscribe. We love getting reviews and appreciate you sharing it so much and all the worldwide audience that we're getting. So have a great day, everyone. Smile more.